Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. All right. Well, welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. I'm David Bowden here, and we have our first full episode with three people in the studio today. I've got myself here, and we've got Ryan Geekus and Tyler Hayes. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing Thanks well, for having us. Man. Yeah, look at that. Oh, I love it. I already love it that there's two simultaneous voices other than mine. Yeah, we harmonize. You did. Yeah, yeah. We, because, we just do that. Because you guys Naturally. are, are we'll introduce you here. You guys are the worship pastors <laughs> here at, at Bridget. What are your different roles? Explain that real quick for us so we can our, our people can understand that. Ryan, why don't you start and then Tyler can answer. Yeah, I'm pastor of music and arts at Bridgeway. And so uh, I oversee and hopefully lead us well in all things music and art. So that encompasses what you would think of as the worship ministry right. here at Bridgeway, but also in pursuing ways, um, pursuing the arts in ways that are fruitful for the church and, right. and hopefully and then, the city. Yeah. And then Tyler, how's your, your role similar and different to that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, still in music and arts, um, but my role is worship and development specifically. Right. So, more kind of on the, the worship side of things, training worship leaders, working with our kids' worship leaders, youth worship leaders, kind of providing some oversight in those areas too. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited about today's talk. Uh, what we've been doing with um, a lot of other people as they've been on, our different members of staff and pastors that they've been on, we, we've kind of talked broadly about their area of ministry. So like we had Krista talking about like, what is the vision of children's ministry, which is a really broad question that then we can later return to and kind of drill down on different areas. So today we're going to try to do something similar. Um, but worship is such a broad topic that it's kind of hard to be like, what's the aim of worship ministry? You know, uh, and then I just think we would kind of get too ethereal to really have anything concrete to talk about. So what I wanted to talk about today is really what I think I think about a lot. I know you guys get a lot of questions about stuff like this. And so what we're going to talk about is why do we sing the songs that we sing on Sunday? Uh, so we're going to dive in with that kind of question in mind. And I think a good baseline would be um, what are the, I guess we could say, what are the minimum requirements for a song to be considered to be sung here at Bridgeway? Minimum requirements. Yeah, that's a great question. We're, we're excited to talk about this too. I mean, it is the mm -hmm. main tool that we use you song know, selection yeah i mean songs in general i mean sometimes i joke and say i'm the pastor of songs uh, here at Bridgeway. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know so we get lots of song requests um we're dealing and choosing songs writing songs putting sets together every week um so it's a fun thing for us to get to talk to um so what are the minimum requirements for song to yeah. be considered um for us you know there's three things um, that we would begin with. Um, and I would say this is like the entry level at this point, then we'll consider them. Is it true? Okay. So we want to sing a song that is true, um, biblically true. Two, is it intelligible or is it clear? So is what we're singing about clear? So if somebody's singing that song, do they know what they're singing? Okay. And yeah. Um, and the third is, is it singable? 
Um, so we are leading worship, congregational worship. So we, we want to choose songs that are singable by the vast majority of the people who are gathering sure. on Sunday morning. Okay. So are we? do we get a chance to drill down into each of those? Let's, let's do it. Okay. So true. Um, I mean, obviously there's a biblical standard. How do you guys go about ascertaining the truth of a worship song? Is it? And, and well, I have other questions. I'll wait. But yeah, yeah. well, what's that process look like? Yeah, for us, there's other questions we ask inside of that. Um, could our pastors preach this? Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, like you take take the lyrics of the song and say, man, could Sam get up there and preach this? Which he does every now and then he'll get up oh, and, and exposit a song for us. <laughs> um, are they, are they true theologically? Um, are they scripturally sound? Um, one thing we ask is do the lyrics give us an accurate picture of the character and the attributes of God? Mm. So we know that we're going to run into some things that may be poet, more poetic in their language right. um, and everything else. But as we're looking at even lyrics like that, we're asking that question. Does it, does it give us? Does it paint a picture of God that gives us gives us accurate things about His character um, and His attributes? Okay, yeah. Tyler, anything to add to the true category there? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think if it's does it line up with Scripture? Yeah, <laughs> you know. And the only other thing I thought of is when we're when we're looking at you know bringing on new songs, things like that. Um, we want to give people a good a good diet, you know, in the songs. So. Um, we want to sing about the attributes of God, you know? So um, we want to have songs that, that talk about God and, and paint pictures of a big God yeah. in, in different ways. Okay. Um, when it comes to like the ascertaining the truth of a song, um, you have a couple things to think about. Not only is it like objectively uh, theologically true, right? But then you also have to think, like how does authorial intent of a song and how the congregation will interpret it, how does that play in? Because I'm sure you have to think about like, okay, this might be true if I just took it out, examined it, but in the moment, in the context, there are there are often songs that might be misconstrued in the mind of the singer. How does yeah. that play in? Do you do you have to consider like how the congregation will consider the song as well? Yeah, I think so. Uh definitely. And so, you know, in the is is the song intelligible? It kind of runs into that as well, I okay. think. So like if if is a the song clear? Yeah, is it a little bit vague? Is it really poetic? The question I ask myself is is it worth it? Is it worth <laughs> it? You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. like is is this line that's super poetic that someone's going to have to think about if they if they um engage with that line? And they kind of wrestle it to the ground, right? Right. And they grab a hold of it. Like, is that going to open their eyes in a new way to the beauty of God? Okay. So is it worth it? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes you'll say, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, totally. it's a really beautiful idea. It's a true idea, but our our congregation is going to have to go through so many rabbit holes in their mind to unpack what this means. It's ultimately not worth it. Yeah. Okay. Totally. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, the, the, like reckless love, right? right? It would be an example of that where Sam's even had to get up and be like, here's why God's love is reckless. It's prodigal. You know, it's, right. it's these things. It's worth, it's worth it even for Sam to get up and unpack those things because yeah. it is such a powerful line that it does minister to people. So in that case, it is worth it, at least for us in our context, us, right? Yeah. Anything else about like the congregational interpretation of the truthfulness of a song? No, I, but I think it hits on something important. You, you have to know your context. Sure. You have to know your people. Yeah. And so it's, it's a community thing. Um, and so I, and even in, in asking this question, is it true? Um, when we've come across songs, uh, it's it's good for us to go outside of us just talking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, asking Sam, 
you know, working with other pa- our pastors and asking them yeah. questions and even other artists, um, uh, to wrestle it to the ground before it ever, before we ever lead it on a Sunday. Yeah. And then what about authorial intent for a song? Does that ever play into it? Or like, you're like, well, I know what this group meant by this and we probably wouldn't agree with it in the way they meant it, but the way we use it and in our context, considering how our people interpret scripture and often use these kinds of terms, it's actually safe. Does that ever... That has happened. I, I, I wish I could call to mind um, yeah. a song where we did that, but I, I remember having that conversation. And so we've had songs where um, that was the case, and we were able to... So some, a, a tool we use is on, on the screen on Sunday mornings for a line where we anticipate maybe they it may raise a question. Oh, sure. what does that mean? Or, oh, is that true? We'll we'll put text up on the screen underneath the lyric. A verse, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll put a verse up there um, uh, on the screen um, to help people know right. we're we're singing right scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up in like the top third, you have like the, the lyric to the song, mm-hmm. and then on the bottom of the screen, in a smaller font, we'll put the verse of scripture. That yeah, kind supporting, of, yeah, supporting exactly. Scripture. Which I often find really helpful, mm-hmm. even if I don't disagree with the song. It just helps tie mm-hmm. it to a biblical truth. Yeah. Uh, so I really do appreciate that. It does something too, I think, just in the in the confidence in singing a lyric. Oh, definitely. When you yeah. see yeah. a scripture up there, you're like, oh, I oh, can, I I can really lean into this. It. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Right. Totally. So um, was the second one intelligible? Intelligible. Okay. Yeah. How, how else would you want to unpack that? Yeah, I think um, some songs have, have beautiful melodies, but their lyrics are can be obscure or vague you okay. know, to yeah. the point where many people might not um, even know what we're saying. Um, right. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about poetic language. Um, so but the, the funny thing is you think about that in terms of contemporary songs, but you can run into that with hymns as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, we have, t- what's an Ebenezer? Yeah, I, I was going to my example. That's the classic, yeah, it is the classic Perfect example. example. So, yes. you know, how are we explaining things like Here that? Here I raise my um, Ebenezer. As well. So we want our message to be clear so that people know what they're singing. Totally. So that's not always... Um, a roadblock. It may not always kill a song, but like if it, it, it's, I think it goes back to Tyler's question: Is it worth it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. We think it's worth it to explain Ebenezer. It's right. such a good song. Um, so you know, if we if we do choose a song that is less intelligible, um, we'll, we'll oftentimes think about things like reading a scripture um, before we do. You know, so t- so that people know oh, what we're singing, yeah. we'll use scripture on the screen, um, like we said, but just doing things in a way that that's beautiful and helpful. Um, in order for people to be able to wrap their minds and their yeah. hearts around the lyric. Does intelligible also like qualify intelligent, not so much as like highbrow, but substantive? Like, does that, or is that, does that fall more into the truth category for you guys where it's like, if it's true, it's substantive. Like, but if it's like, you could sing a very watery song that's sure. intelligible, right? That's sure. totally, absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we want we want we want to have both. Yeah. So we want it to be true. We want it to be robust in its truth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, impactful, but we also want it to be um, clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, the yeah. word maybe it better would be is it clear? Is it clear? Is yeah. It clear? Than okay. Intelligible. Okay. Because I could often think of I could think of songs that are true and clear, but they're not really robust. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. they don't really communicate a. A theological truth that would actually lead me to true worship or to truly mm-hmm. um, meditate on the glory of God or His characteristic, like you guys mm-hmm. keep coming back to. So mm-hmm. that kind of, I, I'm guessing that that's more of an overarching thing. Is like we want these things to be deeply true about God's character, which mm-hmm. would get more into like the overall aim of Bridgeway's ministry, which is 
the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. Gospel-centered, totally. glory of God. Those things are kind of assumed in these three categories. Yes. Right? Okay. I think so. Okay, Definitely. great. Anything else on intelligible before we move on to singable, which is probably not something that a lot of people think about <laughs> whenever they think about, and I'm talking about like lay people, like yeah. in the pew. Well, we don't have pews, but you know what I mean. I wish, I wish we had pews. <laughs> you want some pews? Yeah, man. <laughs> Maybe a pew section. Yeah. A pew section. Yeah. Just options. Just, just <laughs> options. <laughs> Oh Feeling like a pew today. Anyway. So how do you how do you figure out if a song is singable? Like how do you like how do you figure that out? I mean, first off, we have to be able to sing it. <laughs> is that is that a range issue? Like sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it it's a range issue. Sometimes we can both sing a song, right? <laughs> but no, um, no. I just we we kind of ask ourselves: Is the melody something that the average person at Bridgeway could sing along to? Yeah, you know what I mean. Can e- most people easy to catch sing on to? Yeah, is it easy to catch on to? I mean, you know, some songs does it start insanely low and then end really high. Right. We even ask those questions like, can people can people sing this? So also for me personally, I have a high range, you know, so at times even it might be a little less comfortable for me, but I'll lo- I'll lower a song. Right. You know, or I'll, I'll you know, lower it a couple steps to say it's going to be easier for people to sing along to this totally. if I if I make it lower. Yeah. And how do you how do you guys balance singability and beauty when it comes to a melody line how do those interplay with one another as you kind of work through song selection that's a great question question. Um, both are important to us so i mean even in talking about these three things we haven't gotten to beauty which is something i know we'll talk about later um but um both are important and there are times when there are songs that Again, I think it gets back to, is it worth it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, it's yeah. like if if um, we do a song called Mightier by Aaron, Aaron Strumpel. Yep, who who provides the music for our podcast. Yeah, here. that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> little plug. Um, AaronStrumpel.com. There we go. Hope There's the right. real plug. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... <laughs> uh, he, he wrote a song called Mightier, and um, it's different than a lot of the songs we do. Yeah. Um, with our congregation. And so even in considering it, I knew, I knew that going into it, but, but I loved what it did lyrically. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was a song where we chose to kind of press into it and do a song that maybe at first was, they had to get used to. Right. Um, but over time now they sing it. Right. We love it. And there's, it's, it's, it's part of our, so it's like, this was, this was beautiful and you decided it was worth it. Yep. I see. But other times, it's like, man, this song's really beautiful. We were talking about So Will I. And yeah. it's like, oh, man, this song's so beautiful. But the, there's so many words. It doesn't repeat itself very often. Right. So we're still like, man, is would it be worth it? I don't, I don't know. It's, that's don't know a hard it. congregational song. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. Okay, awesome. Okay, so we talked about the minimum requirements of a song. We talked about it being true, intelligible or clear, and singable. Uh, so that's kind of like the foundation. Now I kind of want to talk about, is there a place that a song can go uh, or a line it can cross that it basically makes it a non-starter for consideration? It's like this song is committed an offense or is so angled in a different direction that it might not be a bad song or it might not 
it might be a, a fine song for personal devotion, but we won't sing it on a Sunday morning. What What are some of those things that just don't fit for what we're aiming at? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, something that is always in the back of our minds is we're looking at songs. We're, we're always looking for songs that fit in all the ways that we've already described and in more inside of the gospel narrative. Right. Well, so for us, it, it, it's shaping so much of what we do, even in life at Bridgeway, in our culture here. But even in, as we're thinking about building a set, we want to help point people to Jesus, to the cross, um, and engage in and interact with the gospel. Yeah. narrative. And so if a song, we don't feel like a song is going to help us do that, then it probably doesn't beep on our radar. I see. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, that answers your question kind of sideways. It's, it's, it's not necessarily an offense. Maybe the offense would be that it doesn't fit into the gospel right. narrative yeah. um, for us. And does that mean that every song needs to speak of the gospel explicitly or that every song needs to be able to fit inside that gospel narrative you're trying to build in a worship set. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we won't get into this now, but if I was to give just a brief way of saying that, um, we would journey through the glory of God, gravity of sin, grandeur of grace. Right. Within that is a a massive amount of themes and in places we can explore when it comes to who God is, what he's done for us, um, his attributes. And our response to that. Right. So, I mean, there's massive amounts of places that we could go, but it is something we're thinking about. Right. Um, well, like, I mean, like so obviously, I mean, obviously, so if a song, um, put yourself in the position of the redeemer or mm-hmm. the one in whom you would trust, or the one who is the chief actor in this relationship, that would be an offense that could not fit into the gospel narrative. It'd be diametrically opposed to the gospel narrative. Even yes. if it, even if like, all on its own, it was even if it was true somehow. Yeah. If it just it's it's antithetical to the gospel narrative you guys are trying to build. Yeah, I think we like to ask the question: Is God the hero I love of this that. song? Yeah. <laughs> or am I the hero? Yeah. You know? Who's the hero of the song? Yeah. yeah, I love that. You you I think you mentioned the the you split the sea so I could walk right through yeah. it. Right. It's like yes, there's there's a reference to myself. I'm right. I'm walking through the sea. But we all know who the hero of the Exodus story is, right? Like right. God was the hero. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Does it make much of God? Is he the hero here? That's fantastic. Um, now, this is a question that I I, I posed to you guys uh, beforehand, um, and we, we struggled with it. But I want to see what we can come up with. And if it's not much, that's fine. But I think it's an interesting question. And it's, what's the difference between a Christian song and a worship song? And, and is there is there a line that's crossed or a, a distinguishing factor that makes a song worshipful and uh, and appropriate for Sunday morning gathering um, other than just, oh, that's a song with Christian content in it? Any thoughts on that? I mean, I think the things, the three things we said above play into this, uh, true, intelligible, and singable. Sure. Right? So you're going to, we're going to think about those things. The other thing I, I think about is this a congregational song okay so what makes a song congregational then um it, in some ways i know i'm saying the same thing is it true intelligible and singable <laughs> right i'm gonna ask those questions again right but um is this something that our congregation is going to grab a hold of i think it's somewhat easily mm. right and is it quickly going to lift their eyes to jesus i see Right. I would I would add to that something we keep saying a lot is um, 
the gathering, the congregation. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, when, when we're considering songs, we're, we're considering that we are in a room together with other people. Right. And so the songs we sing, um, and, and what makes a song worshipful in that moment. And to me that, that carries a lot of weight is this, cause we can, um, I think you could ask this question and ask it about Christian art, you know? Sure. Um, so, I mean, we're focusing on songs, but how, how does one interact with a piece of art? You know, so if it's a song, I do think there's probably a place for some Christian songs that would maybe not be worship songs in a corporate gathering mm. Um, mm. that would, that would maybe uh, provoke right certain certain emotions or things as sure. as it relates to to the gathering. Yeah. Um, but in general, I think I think a song for us. There's uh, again, I think there's some songs that would be maybe more appealing in individual worship. Yeah, yeah. On my own, definitely. Just me, just me in my car or wherever yeah. I am, and then others that would fit in a in a corporate context. Right. Like we're we're always leading in. Yeah, I think of like. Um, the youth do um, an event called Sing the Gospel yeah. every year. And two years in a row now, there's been a moment where they've done just that, where it's it's always been in the gravity of sin section of singing through the gospel. And the, he's, they're wanting to lean in on the weight of sin, and they'll have everyone sit and confess sin privately uh, in prayer to God. And then two years ago, they sang um, it, uh, Not Enough uh, by... Uh, um, Help me out here. Dustin, yeah, Dustin, yeah, Dustin Kinsrew, and uh, oh, it's so good. Like, yeah. it's Incredible. all about like no matter how much you got in the world, no matter how much you traveled, no matter how much power, money, or prestige, or pleasure you got, it wouldn't be enough. And it's just like, and you're sitting here thinking about how you tried to satisfy yourself with sin, and then having that song sung over you, it was really powerful. Yeah. And then we did the same thing with uh, "Relent" by Citizens and Saints. You said, was that? Did you yeah, read yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Tyler yeah. read that this last year, and it was really powerful. I was like, I was crying in the front Such row. A good it's like so it's different yeah anyway so we we wouldn't really worship with that song but um you know most likely yeah it's interesting one thing i think about whenever you're asking i want to go to things like well a worship song is to god well we have lots of songs that aren't to god right we have songs that's right to each other that's right which is biblical right Right. so i mean look what god has done we're singing look Look, what god has done you know yeah Um, come to the altar come to the altar right Right. we sing multiple songs that are to each other which is biblical and right um, we sing songs that are about God that stir our affections for right, God, right? And we sing songs that are to God. And I think um, Christian songs can do all of all of those things. I think Christian song is a broad category. It's a really broad category. Worship song is a narrow category within. That makes within sense. That, that yeah. I think that helps make sense. Not seeing them as uh, two separate things, mm-hmm. but as kind of Russian nesting dolls. One sits inside of the other. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a more helpful distinction. Yeah, I think too. Like. Uh, you could ask, like, is this song so personal or is this like an experience that, you know, the songwriter had that the majority of the congregation isn't going to. Oh, that's good. Kind of grab a hold of. Yeah. It's accessible to them. That's helpful. You know? Um, yeah. Something we could ask. One you. thing about artistic songs like that or um, songs that may not be worshipful. Um, I was talking with a buddy of mine, Ross King, and he's helping me with some songwriting stuff. But one question he asks is, do they know what we know? Mm. Um, oh, that's good. Going into the song, that's so I mean, really we may be singing about something where they they don't necessarily know what we know going into it, right? I mean, you're going to experience that sometimes with more artistic 
songs that may yes. not be appropriate for corporate worship. Yeah. Um, but with corporate worship, it's important that we know the context of the song and mm. where we're going with it. That's totally. really helpful. That's really helpful. Okay, um, let, let's ask this question. Uh, how do you go about filling a worship set? You know, like the the funny, I think the funny question that probably the, the naive would ask is like, so you just like pick your favorite songs from the week and like, <laughs> yes. what are you, what are you jiving on? And <laughs> you, that's just, so like, what, how do you balance um, prayer, the gospel liturgy of, of glory of God, gravity of sin, grandeur of grace you've talked about, just what's the, you don't necessarily have to process it out for me, but I'd just yeah. be curious into what does it look like when you build a set list every Sunday? Yeah, I think it, it kind of depends on the the context. So if we're talking about Sunday morning specifically, um, that's going to look a little different than if we were talking about a night of worship. You know, okay, we're, yeah, we're, sure. We're singing for two hours. So, so f- Sunday morning specifically. Sunday morning specifically, then we're you know we're going to start um, by asking what is the sermon? You know, what is the text of scripture? You know, right. that, that, that because, Sam is preaching this right, week. Right, because as some people might not know who are listening outside of Bridgeway, yeah. we actually, we have one song to welcome people. We do announcements and meet and greet, and then we have the sermon before we have our long worship set. Right. And that's because uh, Sam's talked about this already on the program, that we believe that um, education leads to exaltation, which leads to exaltation. So right. we want we want our worship to be grounded in what we've learned. So I just wanted some context for that yeah. statement. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I think I mean that's where we're going to start. So is with the sermon, with the sermon, with the text of scripture. You know, a lot of times we'll build our build our set lists uh, together. You know, um, and so we'll we'll kind of read the, the scripture together and then start to think of songs that you know what what comes to mind when we read the scripture. Songs yeah. that would be a good response. To the sermon, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, this this last Sunday was a really good example of that. I thought uh, Sam preached on um, singleness, yeah, and how ultimately marriage is not our satisfaction, but how Jesus is. And then you you came, you guys came right out of that with Jesus is better, and yeah. I was just like, that was perfect. <laughs> it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. So, so based on the sermon, what else goes into song selection for a Sunday morning? Yeah, so I mean, I think if we're talking about like an order, <laughs> right? Of sure. Okay. How we're doing things, like I mean, so that's kind of where we start, and then for us, you know, we're always going to pray <laughs> and ask, step. like, you know, Lord, you know, direct our thoughts, like our motives, you know, so that we're not just picking our favorite songs <laughs> or whatever. Um, but then also, like, Lord, what what songs do you want us to do this week? Mm. You know, is there anything specific? Is there a line in a song that? that you, you want us to sing over the congregation, you know, mm-hmm. like, what do you want to say in the worship set? You know, and so we, we invite the Holy Spirit in that moment, <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to lead us um, and direct us. And then it, you know, it's pretty practical after that, you know, we're, you know, we're going to start populating a list of songs, coming up with ideas, thinking about keys, how the, how the set flows emotionally. Right. And, you know, um, but that, that's kind of where we start the sermon and, and then praying together. Awesome. Ryan, anything you'd want to add to Sunday song selection? No, I think uh, in general, I mean, I think that 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 says how we do it. We we always start with the text, so we're going to know know that. And I mean, I mean, you you saw it yeah. Sunday with Jesus right. is better. So I mean, for us, we we're looking for ways that we can engage with the sermon text, that we can interact with it, and ultimately respond yeah. to it. Um, and so uh, for us, there's there's the gospel narrative like we've talked about before isn't necessarily driving the order mm. at that mm-hmm. point, but it is informing the way that we 
we interact with the text. And so the gospel narrative is informing the way that we will then interact with, um, with the sermon text and respond um, to what we've heard. talking about set lists we also have ways to um, either to help us shape our sets but also to look back at sets and say was this a bridgeway worship set (laughs) okay you know did this look and feel the way that we wanted to and we so there are distinctives yeah they're marks of a bridgeway worship set list Um, so first it would be does it inform and awaken so the, the worship of christ should be both objectively true and we also want it to be subjectively felt. Mm. Um, we want to taste and see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second would be, is it prayerfully crafted and delivered? We know that we're completely dependent on God um, in our preparation and our leadership in the moment. Is it true in content? We've already talked about that. Is it Trinitarian? God exists in three persons. We know that God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, they're distinct in their roles. And, and is that reflected in the songs that we're singing? So would you, I, I just want to jump in yeah. there. So would you go back and evaluate a set list and actually say like, did we sing about the attributes of the Father? Did we sing about the works of the Son? Did we sing about the power of the Holy Spirit? Like, you're asking those questions? Yeah, sometimes. I yeah. think, again, that that diet yeah. may take place over the course of weeks Okay, um, if if a set doesn't lend to more than it would maybe on a Sunday morning. Okay, But it's certainly a question we want to be asking ourselves. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. Another mark would be, is it gospel-centered? Right. Is it Christ exalting? We want Jesus to be the climax of our worship yeah. um, and ensure that he was proclaimed and he was treasured. That's a weekly thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. I was going to, yeah, I was going to circle back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I would say you're probably going to have a Trinitarian experience every you, week. You probably yeah. are. Yeah. yeah I can't imagine are. that you wouldn't. Um, is it beautiful? Um, we, we're storytellers and we're artists. And, and so we want both the songs we do and the way that our set flows and we interact with it to be beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's, it's another mark would be that it's both planned and spontaneous. Um, so we trust that the Holy Spirit is at work um, in our preparation when we lead and and when we lead um, corporately in the moment. Right. Um, another one, it's maybe a little different, is that, it, that it's patient. So we want to create musical space that allows us to listen, to linger, and respond appropriately, appropriately to what God may be doing in the moment. And that kind of opens itself up to the spontaneous and planned right. part, right? Yes. Those kind of go hand in hand. That's right. Yeah. So have there have there been times where you've, you've gone back and kind of audited a set list and be like, man, we just did not leave room. There was there just was not enough patience cool. at all. Oh, totally. Okay. Absolutely. So, I mean, this kind of goes into the planned spontaneous tension, which I'm sure you guys have to feel on a constant basis, on yeah. a weekly basis. What does, what, what's the role of the Holy Spirit? Because Ryan, or Tyler, you mentioned the role of prayer when it comes to preparing a set list. Yeah. Um, so how does, what's the tension look like between asking the Holy Spirit to help craft this set list, bringing, like you said, lines to mind that he might want us to repeat and sing out over a congregation? Yeah. How do you deal with that tension on like Monday and Tuesday versus right actually leading it in the moment on Sunday. What's that tension feel like? Yeah, I um I think for me I like the term that we're we're open-handed liturgists. Open-handed <laughs> yeah. lit- unpack that. So like we are we are crafting you know a set list, we're making plans, we're telling a story 
we're liturgists in that way. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, but we hold our plans in an open hand. I gotcha. Because in the moment, if the Lord would lead us in a different direction, or he might, you know, I might plan uh, a prayer that I'm going to read, you know, and, and pray aloud. Mm-hmm. There have been moments where in the moment I just, you know, felt a sense from the Lord, you shouldn't do this. You just need to be quiet, mm. you know? So we, we hold our plans open-handedly, if you will. So I think, I, th- I feel like that's how I kind of deal with that tension. Not perfectly, <laughs> but how I try yeah. to deal with that tension. Does that make sense? Uh, it It does. And it doesn't just because yeah. it's also something you just have to live in experience. Right. And as someone who doesn't lead worship, I have a hard time re- re- like figuring out what that would actually feel like. As someone who preaches, I totally understand it yeah, because yeah. there's times when I'm like, see a outline <laughs> and weeks of preparation. I got to preach this, you know? And it, so I totally, I get it from that point of view. Uh, I mean, have you guys ever had that, like a moment where the next song in the set list just is not you're not going to sing it and you have to sing a different song because of what the Holy Spirit's doing. You're both nodding at me, but no one can see that. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, we've, there's been time, we have two services. So there's been times too, where we realized after the first service, mm, we need yeah. to change some things up, okay. you know? And, um, and we've done that as well. Gotcha. But there's times when we've either not done a song, skipped a song. I think it was a few weeks ago. I actually skipped a song went to it and then came back to the one I skipped mm. at the end. And so uh, that most certainly happens. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that also does happen on, on Tuesday in some ways. So um, for instance, recently I was uh, planning a set and just kind of felt in a, in a moment in the set list after a certain song that we should sing a couple of lines, you know? Mm. And so it was just something that, you know, I wrote there on Tuesday, but, was in some ways a little more spontaneous on Sunday, if yeah. that makes sense. It was planned spont- spontaneity, planned, planned perhaps, spontaneity. Yeah. if that's a thing. Um, Another example is this past Sunday. Yeah. Um, we we did a song, and then there was some space afterwards. Like, man, this feels like a great place to linger right. a little mm-hmm. bit. I remember that, yeah. And so we did that and created an intentional space. Well, during rehearsal, um, a melody came to me. Yeah. Um, that was based on scripture, Psalm 16. Yeah, that was beautiful. And and so we sang, in, 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 your, in presence, your presence is yep. the fullness of joy at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. And so we sang that melody. Well, that was a melody that came to me in rehearsal that That's morning. So cool. yeah. And then we sang it in both services and even asked the congregation to sing with us. Mm. I mean, that's a that's a beautiful thing. I think, especially in, in charismatic church, we, we love spontaneity. Right. It feels really, really special to us. And it should sure yeah <laughs> it's it's great um i mean that's a that's a interesting moment because here in a more spontaneous moment in the set feel like maybe the lord gave us this melody to sing in rehearsal and so in some ways it was planned you yeah. know in the execution but it was also a spontaneous moment that happened in rehearsal it didn't happen mm. in the, in the middle of the set that's really that good morning and so it was something god deposited right it's almost like a gift to us um in rehearsal that i didn't get on tuesday yeah. Um, but we were able to use in our set in a beautiful way. That's really awesome. And yeah, I think it totally did work that way because as you guys invited us into spontaneous singing and just, it, it, you know, just sing to the Lord, whatever you want right now, pray, whatever it is. I was singing Psalm 16 before you guys started doing that. And awesome. like, and I was meditating on those things. And then you started singing it in like the structured melody. And I was like, what is happening right now? This is awesome. And so it's cool to hear. I didn't even know the background of that story until just now. So um, yeah, the Holy Spirit definitely does work 
in that way. Yeah, and I think maybe something else that would be good for for people listening to hear. We we have a manifesto, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, Bridgeway Worship um, or Music and Arts, and in one of the things um, on that manifesto is this statement that we lead and prepare with a deep dependence on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so the the statement says this, we believe that the Holy Spirit is just as present in our preparation as when we are leading worship in the moment. Therefore, we want to do the work with sensitivity to the Spirit's leading in both. In other words, we want to use spiritual discernment in choosing songs and building a set list, but hold our plans with open hands, like Tyler said, mm-hmm. should the Holy Spirit lead us in a different different direction. Spirit-empowered worship leading can and does happen through both the faithful execution of a plan set and through spontaneous obedience in the moment. Yeah. Well, I can't, I don't think anybody can say it better than that. That's why we wrote it down. There we go. I love it. Well, hey, uh, uh, just one last question for us to wrestle with, and then we'll conclude. Um, I, You guys said at the beginning some of the most uh, regular questions you get are about new songs. Uh, so, And I'm sure that has to be difficult. Uh, so how do you go about choosing a new song uh, and adding new songs? And maybe in this you could also talk about the, the Bridgeway quote-unquote hymnal Mm-hmm. that you guys have like tell us about that process everything like that yeah so i mean how often you yeah. know we uh w- our goal is one song per month adding one new song one per month. new song per month okay at the most. So at, at the, the most, most at the most so 12 in a year and it might seem obvious but why 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 so slow or fast i don't know if that's slow or fast <laughs> yeah. i don't really know yeah i think it's probably pretty slow or okay. maybe i don't know i think fairly common, but I think our goal is that we want our people, you know, including the musicians who are playing, uh, to know the songs right. that we're singing. We want them to, in a sense, own them, you know? Yeah. Um, so if, if I if I, if I I know the song, I'm not just glued to the screen totally. reading the lyrics, I can really own it in that moment and engage with the lyrics, mm. you know? And, and I think it's, it's easier for me to engage with those truths and kind of delight, <laughs> you know, in those truths yeah. if I, if I really know the song that I'm singing, if it's memorized. Right. So it, it's, it's a lot, it's not just for the congregation, then it's also for your worship leaders yes. and your band. Yeah. yeah. If, you know, if my guitar player is glued to the chord sheet the entire right. time, it's right. a lot harder for him, I think, or her to engage. Yeah. And the same yeah. is true for the congregation, yeah, right? Absolutely. If they're glued to the screen or right. to what's the next part of this melody, it's yeah. going to be hard for us to engage in worship as well. Absolutely. Okay, so that's one uh, once a month at the most we're adding new songs. So how many songs are in the official canon of the Bridgeway Hymnal? Is that is that a, is that like a running tab you guys keep? Well, it's funny. I mean, right now we're actually looking at that. Okay. We're counting. Yeah. And honestly, there's probably more than we should be than, than should be. <laughs> gotcha. yes. Not in terms of like what are the songs that we have done in the history of right. Bridgeway, or even in the last year, two years. Um, but if you do start looking at that list, it starts getting more and more narrow. Mm-hmm. I would say we would like to be leading in a certain season um, from a hymnal of about 40 to 50 songs. Okay. We would probably lean towards the 50. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's we're, we're actually trying to move towards that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. In, in, in what I say, when I say that for us, we would look at that 50 songs and say, okay, over the next, we haven't really defined this, three to six months. Yeah. What season do we see Bridgeway in? Mm. Where are we at? Um, where do we want to be? What are the songs we think are the songs we need to be see- singing in this season? Um, in, in that all of our band leaders and worship leaders would be 
um, pulling songs from that that pool of songs. Yeah, and then and and then you talked also about adding um, adding songs not only based on a lot of things we've talked about like truth and singability and is it clear, but also style, right? Yeah. So Tyler, talk to me a little bit about like how do we choose which like about style of songs at Bridgeway? Yeah, I think. Um... We want to we want to ask ourselves does this you know does this make sense for our congregation, mm-hmm. um, but but also we we also want to sing songs stylistically that kind of point to where we want to be as a right. congregation. So when we're talking about you know diversity right. at Bridgeway, um, w- while you know I, I the example in my mind is like we're probably going to say no to a punk rock song <laughs> on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't think that would make sense, right? Uh, I like punk rock, you know. Well, yeah, you but do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. No but creed songs. No creed songs. <laughs> it's not punk rock. That's not punk rock. Just want to make that clear. I'm blending. I'm, I know you. Are. I'm blending. <laughs> but but I would say <laughs> yes to a gospel song, right? Because I think that can represent where we want to be. Right. Even even if we're not a, a mainly African American con- yeah. congregation, we know that more and more people are coming and we want them to feel welcome and yes. them to sing songs like, "Oh, you're singing the song because you know I'm here." Right. <laughs> and and this is indicative of where we want to be. Right. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no punk songs, okay. And Except I th- we... and I think stylistically it should represent in in some in some way who we are. Who so we are. as be, right. as we become increasingly diverse, right? Um and and we have more diversity on the team stylistic stylistically that should be represented yeah yeah um so i it would be a sad thing for me if if we stayed you know homogenous in in our style yeah um if we became increasingly diverse but but our style didn't become more diverse right yeah. so um yeah i think it's our our prayer that our <laughs> our style would be diverse because our musicians and worship leaders are diverse right that's what we want yeah yeah <laughs> That's kind of going back to that dichotomy of reflecting who we are and who we yeah. want to be. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I like that. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been a really enlightening episode. We've touched a lot of different topics. <laughs> um, so this is kind of the first survey of the worship and arts ministry. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But we'll, we'll drill down into some really specific subjects uh, on more upcoming episodes with you guys. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, man, on behalf of all of Bridgeway. Just thank you for everything you guys do on a weekly basis mm-hmm. to put all this intentionality into the songs you pick, the structure, the prayer, the, the open-handed liturgy, the spontaneity and plan. There's so much that's just going on that I'm just <laughs> thankful for. So thank you guys so much. Thanks, man. Yep. Thanks, David. As Chick-fil-A would say, it's our pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchOKC. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.